Welcome to the podcast of the Pilates Alliance of Australasia. The PAA strives to continue promoting the expansion of the Pilates method as a professional and valued healthcare and fitness discipline. The goal of the PAA podcast is to explore the many facets and layers of the Pilates industry through conversations with the community. I'm your host, Bruce Hildebrand. Welcome to the show. In the lead-up to the PAA conference happening in September this year, we have a series of short podcast episodes to introduce each of the workshop presenters. On today's call, we have Benjamin Degenhart. Benjamin is the founder of 360 Pilates, an education platform that combines live and online learning to bring the original Pilates method to life. Benjamin has been involved in Pilates and movement education for 20 years and developed his perspective on Pilates by synthesising historical research on Joseph Pilates' method with a modern understanding of movement, health and fitness training. Benjamin presents his work at conferences and training facilities around the world, is a regular guest teacher on Pilates Anytime, been featured in Pilates Style magazine, in the documentary Tribute to Joseph Pilates, and if you've been anywhere on social media, you will have seen Benjamin's creation, the annual viral posts, hashtag March Matness. Benjamin is presenting two sessions at the conference, a 40-minute mat workout and a roundtable discussion titled Pilates in the Digital Age. This episode's interview was delivered by fellow PAA committee member Eve Fairbairn. Enjoy the interview. Benjamin, nice to have you with us. Thank Uh, you for having me. We thought we'd get you to introduce yourself prior to your workshop that's coming up in September for the PAA conference. You have lived a bit of a nomad life in the past few years, and that was pre-current COVID situation. So what made you decide to pack up, close your studio, and go out in the open world? Yeah, good question. Obviously, the reasons have changed drastically over this last year, but we decided a long time ago that our life would be best spent traveling and seeing the world. And to a degree, that was already happening for me. I was on the road teaching workshops all over the world, and I realized that I was spending less and less time in my home, which was New York at the time, and really enjoyed being on the road and traveling and thought that was the way that I want to spend a few years, really being more present when I travel by not feeling like I'm being taken away from home and then having to come back and recharge, rather try and modulate my lifestyle so that I could function better and feel at home on the road. So in a way, the transition was very seamless and career-wise, it was already going that way anyway, because I was traveling pretty much every Thursday through Tuesday, I was somewhere else in the world. Changing to a more nomadic lifestyle allowed me to then turn it into a month at a place or three months at a place. And for example, when I came to Australia, mm-hmm. be able to spend three whole months in the country and travel around and get to connect on a deeper level rather than just come in, leave some knowledge behind and then leave again before I can actually actually deeply interact with the people that I was working with. So in a way, it was really just meeting the moment of where my life was headed already and also understanding that my wanderlust was something that I really wanted to cave into while I still had the time. I have no kids, no pets, no brick and mortars that I had to leave behind necessarily. And my clients at the time were already in a very independent state in their practices. So I felt like it was the right time to take life on the road. That's great. Would you say that what ignited you interested into the Pilates and the digital world, because it's a non-avoidable interaction at the moment, do you think that making that decision of becoming more of a world traveler increased that interest for you? 
I've always been fascinated with new technologies and realizing that we're in the infancy of digital solutions, the internet, like nobody has figured it out yet. It changes every day. It empowers us to do things and rethink in a different way. I've always found that fascinating as it relates to Pilates because I cannot think of a more analog exercise modality than the Pilates method. No electricity, no music, no distractions. It's just you and some metal springs and some leather straps for the most part and gravity. So it was always interesting to me how those two worlds will at one point collide because it was very clear that they have to. I've always been a very keen observer of workout streaming platforms, YouTube channels, people starting to teach on Skype long before COVID. And I wasn't always a participant in that. I was more of a student and an observer of what was happening and trying to figure out how can we maintain the integrity of the work in a digital format. So that's a question that always inspired me. And part of what came out of the same inspiration that led me to live nomadically was the idea of, well, if I travel this much and I only have this much time with the people that I meet along the way, how can I create resources that can live digitally so that we can stay connected? So that half of what I teach, because we all get sick of hearing ourselves speak at some point as teachers, I believe, <laughs> I was like, how can I package the things that I have to repeatedly say into a fundamental package that can live online so that people can actually stay with the learning longer rather than just having that two-hour workshop or that weekend workshop where they're super inspired after and two weeks later, they're back to square one. How can we extend that period of inspiration by using digital resources in a very innovative way? Because I haven't necessarily seen digital solutions being used in the continuing education space specifically, which is where I like to operate. It's not necessarily that I wanted to go digital in order to be able to travel the world. It was really a combination of the two, along with my interest in just seeing where is Pilates going to go and what can we do to make sure that it stays recognizable, that it stays relevant, and that it doesn't lose its original spark. Great. So the stars were aligned. Sort of. <laughs> yeah. So you're a person with incredible talent with words. So what made you shut up and just do everything wordless online? So you're talking about 360 Pilates, which is the mm. platform I created, which is a digital library of the original work as I've researched it and as it's often taught as part of the classical vernacular of Pilates. And it's individual exercises being filmed from multiple angles. And the idea was to tutorialize the exercises. And what you're speaking to is my decision at some point in that process to skip over the voiceover that I thought was the mandatory thing to do. Let's have these beautiful videos and let's have me talk over them and tell you everything there is to know about the exercise. And the decision to shut up was multifold. I would say part of it was my desire to really highlight Pilates in the way that I think it was originally designed. I think we all know that Pilates originally was not a very verbose modality. There was not a lot of words spoken in the original studio. There was not a lot of sophisticated cueing. It was really a practice-centric approach rather than a teacher-centric approach. And I had to stay true to that and say, my opinion on this exercise doesn't really matter. It matters what you make of it. So the idea of skipping the voiceover altogether and giving people access to just visually study it and study it in depth and look at the details and figure out what it is they see and then determine why is it that's interesting to me. And then the next time you watch it, you see something else. And then it becomes about the relationships between the exercises and so forth. 
It also saved me a ton of work. There's that. But part of that decision was also just a good old focus group of putting this work that I was creating in front of people and learning from them that it was a lot more powerful without the sound. So I'm still standing by that decision. I will stop shutting up shortly in some regards. But as far as the video catalog goes and studying the work, I do believe that seeing the movement is so much more important than listening to what somebody else has to say about them. And really just getting clear on how it is you perceive that information because, you know, Pilates is not about anyone's opinion. It's about the work and it's about the practice and it changes on a daily basis. So if I recorded a voiceover on Tuesday, I would probably do it differently on Wednesday. So might as well skip it <laughs> in a nice. nutshell. So do you see yourself teaching a little bit more traditional again? In Meaning studio like setting. in a studio setting and... Absolutely. I'm currently admittedly on a bit of a break, partly because I am a nomad. I don't have a studio. I don't have access to apparatus right now. So whether I want it or not, I'm on a bit of a Pilates hiatus. I got my mat and that's about it. And that's powerful in and of itself. But I think right now, these past few years for me have been really about developing my own understanding of how Pilates and the digital space fit together and how I can operate in that space. And that's an enormous undertaking, or at least it has been for me, and I'm still in the middle of it. And it's exciting, it's challenging, it's really helping me get to a deeper appreciation of Pilates and how to convey this very rich information about how to keep yourself healthy and fit and sane and <laughs> all of the things that we get from a practice, how to translate that into the digital space without dumbing it down, without trying to make it any sexier than it is in and of itself. So I'm taking that break very consciously and it never goes away. I believe that at some point there will be a time again where I have access to a studio where I can't wait to teach in a way that's already happening to a degree. But right now I'm just really dedicated to operating in that part of the industry and in my own career, just focusing on digital solutions, taking my two decades of teaching experience into account. One day I'll teach again, for sure. Once I can travel again. I hope you come back to Melbourne. It's high on the list. <laughs> Excellent. The next question is the question that I thought about because of something you said to me a little while ago. You said you missed the spring when we're talking about me getting my new reformer. So what do you miss the most about being in the studio? It's truly that. It's being in an environment that is conducive to just living and breathing the work. As much as I'm a, a mad fanatic and as much as I do believe that's a very perfect standalone piece during times like this, I love the whole thing. I believe in the whole thing. I believe in the big picture of how practicing across different pieces of apparatus informs your practice, how it tells you a story about your body every single day that you get into the studio. That's what I miss the most right now. And then, of course, being able to share that with other people. I, I think Pilates always originally, historically even, always had a touch of secret society of like, we all do Pilates in this space. So we have something in common and it's, it's cool. And the rest of the world may not fully understand us. It's, it's almost like... As mainstream as it has become, there's still a bit of a misfit quality in, in the Pilates practice. It's, it's a little kooky. It's a little exclusive in good and bad ways. But I think being part of the studio culture is part of what I miss the most outside of just the practice itself. What do you think? Just listening to you now, I know what I'll get out of listening to you in September. But what do you think your conference subject will provoke within the attendees? Do you think it will be excitement, engagement, confusion, a little bit of everything? Out of those options, I will pick excitement any day. I hope I, so. It's a roundtable, meaning I really invite anybody in the room to chip in and chime in and come in where they are in their journey. I think as far as 
confusion goes. I think we've all been in a year and a half long confusion because everybody from one day to the next had to confront themselves with the idea of employing some level of digital solutions to their businesses, to their teaching, to their own education, to their own practice. And so I'm lucky in a way that I had a bit of a head start in wrapping my head around that and being able to then sit back and be like, okay, so now this means something completely different. This very topic, Pilates in the Digital Age, is something that I pitched to another conference a few years ago before COVID. And clearly, this is going to be a very different workshop this time around because of everything that's happening. As part of the 360 Pilates platform, we've been roundtabling with our members regularly for the last year and a half. It coincided right with the start of the pandemic. And the goal always was let's focus on what it is we can do. There's so many things we cannot do. And yes, there needs to be a space to vent about that as well. But let's focus on what we can do because there's so many rich opportunities to dip into some of the original philosophies of independence in your practice, which is something you have to acknowledge when you deal with Zoom and time delays and somebody muting themselves or a cat sitting in front of the webcam. And all of a sudden they're on their own in class. We can be there and, and touch. And there's so many byproducts of this time where I feel like we truly reconnected to some of that original concept of independence in the practice, whether we wanted it or not. And we might crave to go back to it now, but my goal for this roundtable is really to share my excitement in thinking outside the box, not necessarily having to do all the things, which is, I think, where a lot of the confusion came from. Do I need to go on Instagram? Do I need to have a YouTube channel? Do I need to start my own platform? Do I need to do X, Y, and Z. And what I've learned from speaking to so many members of the 360 Pilates community is that there's no one way to get this right. There's one right way for you and your clients and the people you cater to. And there are so many different options in how to engage in that space that still is authentic to you. And finding that is maybe challenging, but I think it's utterly exciting because it actually future-proofs our work with our clients for ourselves. And I think it'll lead to some great discoveries. I bet on excitement being the main takeaway. That's my hope. <laughs> I really hope so too. It's definitely mine. So where do you think 360 Pilates is heading to in the next year or so? I remember going into the first few months of the pandemic and people saying, oh, how lucky that you're already online, as if I didn't have to pivot, rethink, reconsider, reinvent, etc. So in a lot of ways, we're all in this stage of trying to observe what's happening. What are the lemons I'm given? What kind of lemonade am I going to make? <laughs> So for 360, we've been, for one, focusing on these roundtables and really trying to connect with our audience and our community, connect them with one another and make sure that everybody feels taken care of and having a space to share their experiences. Where we're going, there's so many things. I'm not going to bore you with all of the different projects we're tackling right now, but some of them include developing different points of access for teacher training programs, as well as studios that want to operate in a more open gym type fashion, the same way that Joseph Pilates operated his studio. He had his wall charts on the wall. I see a future where that could be an iPad next to your reformer or on the wall, some touch screen where you can scroll through the exercises, click on them and see the movement very quickly in motion so that you can reference it and go about your practice. In the absence of a teacher, with a supervising teacher or with a personal teacher, that's one of the things we're working on where we've already been working with teacher training programs and try to put some supporting materials in their hands that are digitally based so that their trainees don't have to take to Instagram and YouTube to find a visual representation of snake and twist that can actually go to a curated space to see that. In addition to that, we're building some online courses right now. I've often been asked, and I'm always very flattered when it happens, to write a book about my interpretation of Pilates. 
I will still not write a book, but I have something similar in mind as digital vehicle to tell the stories that I want to tell. They will also live on the 360 Pilates platform. And I think that's as detailed as I want to go right now. You'll But just have to keep an eye on it. I'm a member, so I keep an eye on it. I don't go on the round table just because of the time difference. But now that it's on Instagram, I may be able to participate a little bit more. I enjoy the platform and I love how dynamic you are with your work. Thank, Thank you. you for this interview pre-conference. I hope many get excited about the whole idea of digital conversation on the first day of the conference. Thank you very much and we'll see you very soon. Thank you so much. I'll see you all in September. There is a membership category for every Pilates enthusiast, where the Alliance provides a wide range of information, resources, and support for everything you want to know more of with Pilates. Help us expand the message of the PAA by sharing with your network of friends and colleagues today so that the Pilates community can continue to be a vibrant and inspiring network for everyone's benefit. You can become a member today by visiting the links in the show notes. For existing members, join us on the PAA Member Forum Facebook page where you'll find an ongoing supply of resources and conversations to continue supporting you and your participation and involvement in the many levels of Pilates here in Australia. The Pilates Alliance Australasia only exists because of the contributions of the Pilates community. If there's a topic or a conversation you would love to share on the podcast, then we'd love to hear from you. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Pilates Alliance podcast. Please leave your comments on the Pilates Alliance Members Forum Facebook page. Remember, for anyone who is yet to become a member, we'd love to have you put your voice forward for the benefit of progressing Pilates here in Australia.